Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. We so appreciate you inviting us into your homes. We want you to know that you are in our hearts. And so we look forward again to the time where we can be together physically, even though we are together uh, in the spirit, because we do pray for you, and I'm sure you're praying for us as well. Today is a special day. Um, Today's Mother's Day, and you know the scripture says, uh, God says that I honor those who honor me. And one of the ways that we honor God is by honoring those that he honors. And so we want to honor uh, mothers today, but I want to expand that a little bit. You know, we, uh, we're, not living under, we're not living under the Old Testament. We're not living under the uh, Israeli kingdom. We are living with a new covenant, a new covenant with better promises, Jesus said. And it says in the Hebrew, uh, book of Hebrews, we're also living in a new kingdom. You know, Jesus, uh, when he was questioned by Pilate uh, as to whether he was a king, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He wasn't talking about a physical kingdom. He was talking about a kingdom of the spirit. And the Bible says, Jesus said that those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. And then in Colossians Chapter 3, the Apostle Paul said, We are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. I hope you're not struggling right now in your relationship with God because God does not want you to struggle because he's already taken care of it all. He's got it all in control He's taken care of it all. We're having no confidence in the flesh. But the reason I said all of that is because we're living in a new covenant with new promises. And uh, we want to honor those that God honors. So again, we're talking about uh, mothers, but um, what does it mean to honor somebody? It means that we esteem them. We give them due respect. We give them high esteem. We, the Bible says to reverence them and to show great respect. You know, uh, we can mention a few from the Bible, which I'm going to. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking of Hannah. Hannah, she was a barren woman. She was married to a husband that had another wife. The other wife was able to bear children. And every year that they would go to, uh, to uh, give their sacrifices to the Lord, Hannah would just weep and weep and weep before the Lord. 
And one time she was weeping, and uh, Eli saw her, the priest, and he said, Woman, what, how come you're drinking? Quit your drinking. And she says, I'm not drinking. She says, My heart is full of sorrow because I do not have a child. And then he blessed her, and the Bible, but uh, in her prayer, she said, she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will give him to the Lord. And so Eli blessed her, and the next year she had a child. And after, and after that child was weaned, she brought him to the tabernacle and presented him to Eli. And that, uh, that child, was, uh, was, his name was Samuel. And Samuel became a great prophet in the land. So we honor Hannah because she dedicated her life. She dedicated her child to the Lord. We want to honor Mary, the mother of Jesus, because she, uh, she was obedient to the Lord and at the risk of her life and her reputation, because we know that, uh, we know that she became pregnant before she got married, but her child was of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm also reminded, and this one has a particular meaning for me, but Timothy Timothy was ministered to by his mother and his grandmother. And you know, the same thing happened with me. My father wasn't, uh, wasn't spiritual. Now he became saved uh, towards the end of his life. But my mother and my grandmother were able to speak into my life. My grandmother, uh, she would say, Stephen, I want you to promise me to be a man in the church, which I did. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse uh, in verse 5, it says, uh, or chapter cha- 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, that means sincere faith, that is in you, which was first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. It doesn't mention his father. Uh, his father was a Greek, but uh, and I'm not sure what nationality his mother was, but his mother and his grandmother were believers. And so they were able to impart in him the same way my mother and my grandmother imparted into me. You know, there's, uh, there's a phrase uh, that you hear about, uh, I've heard over the years, and I found it in the Bible. It's called Mothers of Israel. And uh, the first time it was ever mentioned was uh, by the Judge Deborah. She was a prophetess. And, but uh, let me define what a mother of Israel is. A mother of Israel is someone who dedicates and sacrifices their, their life to see the kingdom of God advanced. You know, we have people, we have people in the church that are not necessarily mothers, uh, uh, in the physical, but they are mothers because they are they are speaking into people's lives. They are encouraging people. They are actually raising people up in the Lord. And so we want to also honor them. And I would also call them mothers of the kingdom. But in uh, uh, in Judges chapter five, there had already been a great victory. But before the victory came, Deborah was a judge. She was the judge of Israel. Now, one thing we need to know about a judge, the judge was the leader of the whole land. 
And the judges were not voted on. They were not picked by men. They were anointed of God and they were picked by God. So God picked a woman to lead the nation of Israel. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to her and she then spoke to Barak, who was a general inside of, of Israel. And she said, when are you going to obey the Lord? Because she knew that God had spoke to him and said to him, that he was to gather 10,000 men and to go out and that God was going to send the enemy to him. His name was Sisera, and Sisera had 900 chariots, iron chariots. And at that time, Israel didn't have any weapons. But God, because he obeyed, God sent a great miracle of victory. But one thing Barak said, he said, I'll go, but I'm not going to go unless you go. And then so uh, Deborah said, she said, you're not going to receive the honor. A woman's going to receive the honor. But uh, she wrote a song after the victory, and she said this. In Judges chapter 5, verse 7, this is previous to the victory. She said, village life had ceased. She said, it ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. So Deborah, again, was a judge. She was a leader of Israel. And uh, because of her, she, she was able to inspire a, a mighty victory. Now, I've got some other, other women from the Bible I picked out. And you might not think, well, you know, why is she so great? Did you think about uh, Pharaoh's daughter? You know, Pharaoh's daughter was not uh, a Hebrew. She was an Egyptian. But God used her when she, uh, when she saw that basket in the Nile. She went and she opened that basket up and she looked in and she saw the baby Moses and God moved on her heart, put compassion in her heart, and she raised Moses to be a mighty man. And so we sh uh, God wants us to honor those he honors. And I believe he honors Pharaoh's daughter. Also, we look at Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess, and she left her home. She left her family. She followed Naomi back to her land, and God, uh, God, um, God honored her. And one of the ways he honored her was as actually she was King David's great-grandmother. There was the woman by the name of Abigail. Abigail was married to... Uh, was married to a man by the name of Nabal. Nabal, uh, Nabal was a crude and rude man. And uh, to make a long story short, he, de uh, he despised David, and David was going to send his army to take out uh, Nabal. But, but Abigail moved, and she gathered, uh, she gathered a, an offering to give to David, and she met David before David got to Nabal's house. And actually, she disobeyed her husband, and God honored her. And by the way, Nabal ended up having a stroke and died 10 days later. There was also a woman by the name of Bathsheba. I'm sure you've heard of Bathsheba. Bathsheba was a woman uh, that was uh, bathing uh, on her roof, and David saw her and basically committed adultery with her. You think, well, why would God honor her? Because God, because later on, uh, David married her, and 
she had a, a son by the name of Solomon, and Solomon became king, but he wouldn't have become king if it wasn't for Bathsheba because Bathsheba, she, uh, she interceded for Solomon because uh, Solomon's older brother had already uh, made it known that he was going to be king. And the reality is, because of her intercession, Solomon was saved and the will of God was accomplished. Now, we also know about Esther. She didn't have, we don't, as far as we know, she didn't have any children, but she stepped in and interceded for Israel to the king, and God saved, and God saved uh, Israel because of her intercession. There's a woman in the New Testament. She's a Greek. She's not, she's not a Hebrew. She's not an Israelite. But her name is Priscilla, and her husband's name was Aquila. And a lot of times you see in the Bible where Priscilla's name is mentioned first before her husband. But Priscilla and her husband taught people, and, and, uh, and Priscilla and Aquila taught Apollo. She might not know, not know who Apollos is, but Apollos was a mighty teacher, and he wasn't quite, he wasn't quite uh, up to par on his teaching about Christ, so Priscilla and Aquila taught him the right way of the Lord. And uh, there's also, uh, you know, Paul a lot of times get a, gets a bad rap concerning his teaching about women. But in reality, Paul didn't teach a general teaching. He taught about specific uh, situations and specific places. And um, Paul had this, uh, Paul had two women that worked with him in the gospel. And it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, he says, I implore you, I implore Udiah, and I implore Sintichi to be of the same mind in the Lord. You said, well, did you pronounce those words right? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I went on Google, and I went on YouTube, and I went to several different places to say, how do you pronounce? And each place I went to pronounced it different from the other one. So I figure I can pronounce it the way I see it. So anyway, you might say, well, did he say it right? I said it just as good as everybody else did, I'll tell you that much. But anyway, he goes on to, uh, he says, I implore you, Udiah, and I implore you, Sintichi, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Apparently, there was a little rift between them. But he goes on to say, I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labor with me in the gospel. What did they do? They helped Paul to preach. They helped Paul to uh, lead people to the Lord. They helped Paul to, uh, I believe, uh, bring deliverance to the captives. They probably cast out demons out of people. And Paul said that he helped that they helped him in the gospel. They just didn't pass out cookies and serve coffee. No, they ministered in... Now, if you pass out cookies and do coffee, that's fine. But in the reality, I'm just saying that they ministered alongside with Paul. It says, uh, they ministered me along with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And I want to move right along because I want to share 
again, that we are living in a better covenant based upon better promises, and we are also living in a different kingdom. We're not living under the Old uh, Old Testament. We're not living under the old, uh, old kingdom of Israel. We're living in Christ's kingdom. And you know, the Bible says this. It says, in Christ there's neither male nor female. But, uh, you know, when Jesus, uh, a lot of times we, uh, we in our society, not so much today, but in the past, but it seems like the church is a little slow in catching up with this. But a lot of times, uh, you know, people were living by the rabbinical law. What's the rabbinical law? That's where the rabbis would interpret what they thought the law was saying. But you know, a lot of things the rabbinical uh, law said was not in, was not even in, uh, was not even in the law. As a matter of fact, where where Paul said that he wouldn't have a woman, uh, a woman couldn't speak, you know, as, as so say the law, the law doesn't even say that. And Paul wasn't saying it himself, he was rebuking a situation in a certain church. But the rabbinical law was uh, one of the things the rabbis taught was they would teach men to pray, God, I thank you that I'm not a Gentile, that you didn't make me a Gentile, you didn't make me a dog, and you didn't make me a woman. That was the rabbinical law. The rabbinical law was also this, that it would be, the, the rabbis taught this, it would be better to burn the Torah or the law. It would be better to burn the scriptures than to allow a woman to read it or to teach it. I don't see that in the law when I read it, but that was their interpretation. Their, their, their thing was that a woman could not go out into public without their husband. They were either to be at home or in the synagogue. Also, a man could divorce his wife, but a wife could not divorce her husband. A woman, a woman could not own anything. If she made any money, it belonged to her husband. Some guys are saying, well, that sounds good to me, but that's not the way. That's not what the scripture says. That was the rabbinical law. That was the rabbinical law. The rabbinical law was not the word of God. Uh, as a matter of fact, the scripture also says, or not the scripture, the, uh, the rabbinical law said this, that, a, that you were not to talk to a woman in public, all right? Another thing was that, that, uh, that a, woman, a woman could not testify in court because she couldn't be believed. And I want to point this out in the scripture later. But a woman couldn't be believed, all right? But what did Jesus bring? Jesus brought a new kingdom. He brought a new culture. And uh, so I want to show you where Jesus got in trouble because he didn't follow the rabbinical law. As a matter of fact, he would, he would get in trouble because in the rabbinical law, you couldn't do anything on the Sabbath. And he was constantly getting in trouble for doing things on the Sabbath not in trouble with God. He was getting in trouble with, with men. But Jesus respected and honored women. The, the rabbinical law did not respect women. 
Jesus actually spoke to a woman in public. He spoke to a woman in the synagogue and he said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. You know what? That, that infuriated the leaders of the synagogue because he not only healed on the Sabbath, but he healed a woman. He healed a woman. And not only that, he honored her by calling her a daughter of Abraham. You know, the Jews didn't have any, and I'm not, when I say Jews, I'm talking about Jewish leaders of the time. I'm not against, I'm not against Israelis. I was, I'm just speaking against the, uh, the Jewish leaders at the time. Well, I'm just telling you what the scripture says. But they, uh, he healed that woman on the south. Now, uh, they would, it was okay if, uh, to call a man a son of Abraham, but they never used the phrase daughter of Abraham. And Jesus honored that woman by saying, should not this daughter of Abraham be loosed from her infirmity? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus also had a prolonged conversation with a Gentile woman. The woman at, uh, the, woman at the well. You know that uh, she was actually a Samaritan woman. She was half Jew and half Gentile. And so she, Jesus started talking to her, and she was amazed that he would even talk to her. Not only that, he carried on this long conversation, and the disciples, they were amazed. How come he's talking to this woman? But you know what? Jesus not only talked to the woman, you know, Jesus didn't come right out and tell people who he was. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees would say, who are you? They say, are you the Messiah? And he wouldn't answer them. He would, uh, he would answer their question with a question. But there's several times where Jesus came right out and said who he was. And this is a time where Jesus spoke to that woman and he said, woman, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. Jesus, when he revealed himself a lot of times, when he just said it straight out, he told the women, he said, I'm the Messiah. Amen. You know, in Jesus, he just didn't come to save the Israelites. He came to save the world. The Bible says that Jesus is the Savior of the world, especially to those who believe. All right. So thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus, aren't you glad that Jesus honored women? And if you want to honor God, you'll honor the people that God honors. Amen. So Jesus tells her that he is the Messiah. Jesus also used that woman to evangelize, to evangelize that city. He sent her back into the city, and she told all the men. All the men knew her because she was married five times, and the guy she was living with wasn't even her husband. Now, would you use her? You think that the church today would use her as the evangelist? I'm, we're assigning you to be the evangelist. No, most churches wouldn't do that. But Jesus did because he saw through. He saw 
pastor hurt. He saw pastor pain, and when he told her who he was, she received him, and then he used her to speak. Hallelujah. You know that Jesus actually had women disciples? Hallelujah. Did he have women disciples? Where is that in the scripture? Well, I'm going to share with you that uh, Mary, you know, there was Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Well, Jesus went to Martha and Mary's house. Mary was cooking in the kitchen, and where was, where was Mary at? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus while Jesus was talking, while Jesus was teaching. Do you know that that was the place of the disciple, to sit at the feet of the teacher and listen to his teaching? And, there's, uh, and who got upset? It was her sister that got upset. She was thinking of the way of the culture, and the culture says, well, you're supposed to be in the kitchen with me. And Jesus said to her, said to Martha, you're worried about many things, but Mary has cho- chosen the good thing. He didn't rebuke her because she was sitting at his feet, and that was, again, the place of the disciple. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, we don't want to get on Martha because Jesus told Martha exactly who he was. Because after Lazarus died, when Jesus showed up, she, uh, she said, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus looked at her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He was telling her exactly who he was. <laughs> and you know what? You think about it. <laughs> Why didn't he tell guys? Because they, because they wouldn't have believed it. They wouldn't have believed it. But these women, these women believed it. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Jesus also had women that were not only women that were his disciples, but he had women travel with him. Ooh, How about that? Luke chapter 8, verse 1. And it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him and certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Hallelujah. How would you like to have your name written in the Bible with how many demons came out of you? Some of you might have had 12, so who knows? Don't, don't be criticizing uh, Mary Magdalene. But it goes on to say, uh, And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Harris Stewart, Susanna, and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. In other words, they were, they were supporting the ministry of Jesus. And also in Luke, or not Luke, uh, Mark chapter 15, verse 40, and it says, there were also women looking from afar. This is Jesus uh, at his crucifixion. Do you know that there was only one, one of the disciples there, and that was John? And John was the one that leaned on Jesus' breast. He was the one that said, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was the only disciple there, except for the women. The women were there. It says, and there were women also looking from afar, among whom was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Less, and of of Joses and uh, Salome. 
who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered on, unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. So in other words, we see, now why, why weren't the men there? Because if they, would have been, if they would have been there, they would have been associated with Jesus, and they could have been arrested, and they could have been crucified themselves. But the women were not afraid. They not only were disciples, but they were also supportive of his ministry. Thank you, Jesus. And who did Jesus appear to first? Ooh, think about that. Who are we talking about? We're talking about mothers. We're talking about mothers of Israel. But we're also talking about mothers of the kingdom. Mothers of the kingdom. And what are, who are they? There are they that... Dedicate and sacrifice. I'm not talking about physically sacrificing a series, but they sacrifice their time. They sacrifice of their of their uh, substance. They sacrifice uh, to see that other people can grow in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus appeared after his resurrection and told uh, he's appeared to women and said, "Go tell my disciples that I'm risen." Now, remember this, in the rabbinical law, women couldn't testify. Why? Because they couldn't be believed. They couldn't be believed. So what happens when, uh, when, the, when uh, Mary went and told the disciples, I've seen the Lord? What? They didn't believe her. They did not believe her. So what does Jesus do when he appears to the men? I want to read it in in, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 14. It says, And afterwards he appeared unto the the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them. What's that mean? That means he rebuked them. Why did he rebuke them? Man, hey, you're here. We're happy. Why are you you doing this to me, man? No, he rebuked them. Why? He says he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not, they believed not them which, were, which had seen him. He rebuked them because they didn't believe the women who saw him as, as the resurrected Lord that Jesus sent personally to them to tell them that he was risen. I want to shift gears here for a moment. And I want to give honor to the mothers of giving light. I want to give honor to the mothers of the kingdom. Mothers of the kingdom. And again, a mother of the kingdom might not have natural children, but they have dedicated their lives. They've sacrificed. They've given up their substance. They have invested into people to see that the kingdom of God comes in their lives. Who are there? They're women who have taught our children and young believers. Don't you know that we've got women that have dedicated their lives and some of them have gone on to their heavenly reward? They're not here today. They're receiving of the blessed hope. Hallelujah. Also, women from Giving Light Christian Fellowship that have gone to other nations. I was thinking this morning, Uh, of my wife when uh, she would go to Africa or she would go to Nicaragua. I was never in Africa with her, even though I had gone uh, at a different time. But you know, when they went to Africa, what did they call her? They called her Mama Melody. They also called her that in Nicaragua. 
I was with her in Nicaragua, and I personally heard it myself. They called her mother, Mother Melody or Mama Melody. Why? Because she dedicates her life. She invests in them. And so I'm just saying that women here that are investing in people's lives, you are mothers of the kingdom, and God honors you. So we want to honor you because if we honor those that God honors, God's going to honor us. That sounds like a good deal to me. We've got women that have dedicated their time to intercession, not only for the church, but for people individually. Some of you have gotten out of trouble or been, or been avoided trouble because people have interceded for you and you, you had angels watching over you. Also, women who have invested in others, women who have invested in keeping the building and keeping the church of Giving Light Christian Fellowship. We've had women who have devoted their time to spread the gospel. We have women that are not with us today. They're reaping their reward in heaven. I just want to share one particular story because both of these women are, uh, are in heaven right now. But you know what? We couldn't have had this property if it wasn't for a couple of women. Because, you know, we were believing God, uh, you know, to give us the money to buy this piece of property. And there's a couple of women that said, well, we're going to help. They didn't say this, but they said, we're going to help God out. And they started making Easter eggs. And they started making uh, egg rolls. Hallelujah. That was great. You know, they, we raised about $17,000. That's what we needed for a down payment. Hallelujah. I'm grateful for those women. I'm grateful for all the women that have dedicated and sacrificed and given of themselves so that the kingdom of God could be advanced. We honor and respect you because without you, the work of the Lord would have been greatly hindered. So thank you. I just want to pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the power of the Lord, Father God, and the anointing that has come upon the mothers of this church, the natural mothers, the, mother, the spiritual mothers, the mothers of the kingdom. We pray that you pour out a blessing upon them. We pray, Lord God, that you would cause them not only to prosper in their finances, but to prosper in their body, to prosper, Lord God, in their families. Father God, to see their hopes and their visions and their dreams come to pass. And we just decree right now that the enemy's power is broken over their lives in the name of Jesus. For the scripture says that he has delivered them from the powers of darkness and transferred them into the kingdom of his dear son in whom they have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. We thank you for the women of our church and the mothers of this church in Jesus' name. Now, we want to take communion uh, today because we are remembering. Jesus said when you do this, you are doing this in remembrance of me. And when you do it, you're declaring the Lord's death till he come. So Jesus said this. He said, this is my body, 
which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we just receive right now of the broken body of Christ, for he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we thank you right now for the cup of the Lord Jesus Christ, the cup of the new covenant. Father, we give thanks to you and praise, Lord God. We thank you that through the blood we're forgiven, that through the blood we're cleansed, that through the blood we are empowered, that through the blood we overcame, we overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And our testimony is that Satan is defeated and Jesus is exalted. We receive of the cup in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm sure you're doing this by faith. And the scripture says that when we do this, that we are reminding the Lord it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases.